Well, thank you for coming this morning. And I know those of you who are watching online, different ones who have been following me um, through the years, I've told them. This is the first time I'm really sharing a lot of what the Lord's been doing in my life, uh, really since the first of the year. Um, haven't shared much with, with many. It's, <laughs> I never knew what I was headed to around the first of this year. And I didn't really know even when I started my sabbatical at the beginning of April when I would really come back. And as I was sharing with Bobby the other day about some of the things the Lord was speaking, he just, he said, I really feel like you need to share this on a, a part of our mission statement, Believe Big. And um, so I'm trusting that it's going to apply to that because we want to believe big. You've got to believe by, like God. You have to think like God if you want to believe big. It's the faith of God, which means we have to get ours actually out of the way. We need to think like him. So this has a context, you know, for us as a community, for us as a church. But I also want to put this in another context, and that is that as the body of Christ, God has so much in store for us, and he wants us to think big. But how many of you know we have been in warfare? Warfare for the mind. Warfare for truth. And this battle of the mind is huge. And many have been affected by it in ways that we don't even know. And for me, near the end of last year, uh, I was overextending myself, covering a lot of bases online, and all with good intentions and serving, and God was good, and his grace was there. But I knew that I, I was getting very weary, and that's why I, I knew that a break was probably needed. And so even as I, as I share what, what God, God did, this is very personal for me. And my experience may not be yours, okay? But I have a feeling that what I'm going to share has a lot of application for many in the body of Christ who are dealing with anxiety, fear, confusion. Because th this war in the second heaven is causing much distraction and disruption. And God wants a body that is fully alive and activated in the mind of Christ, in the mind of truth, and in the faith of God. But this is not an overnight thing, and it's not something that you can just rebuke and cast out. It requires a renewal of the mind. Near the end of last year and into the beginning of this year, I was very discouraged, especially as a prophetic voice, because I felt like I had gotten so wrapped up in so many things that I really couldn't hear him anymore. And, and I knew that. I mean, it's one thing to operate out of gifts. And God's been gracious to me, operating out of a lot of gifts. But I knew myself, I had lost a connection with him. This was part of the journey. And it wasn't until this last week, through all that, that I've, I've been, been through, I've often thought of when this started, because many of you online know that I've talked about the tinnitus, this ringing in my ear that began near the, uh, somewhere in the middle of, of January. And this has been part of, the, part of the story. And throughout this time, I, as I've thought about, you know, when did this start? Because, of course, you try to understand what, why did it start, what's going on? And, and for some reason, January 18 kept coming to mind. And I didn't know why. And I would look back on the calendar and, you know, what, what happened there that, you know, triggered something, whatever. 
It was only this week that I was looking through my journal and hadn't seen it before, but it was a journal entry on January 18. And so I read it, and in that journal entry, I was acknowledging to the Lord, God, I just feel like I've lost touch with you. I can't hear you anymore. You know, how do I get back in touch with you? Well, the word that he had given, the title of that entry was, I'm not going to tell you. I'm going to show you. I had no idea what he meant by that. Because what I would experience is a demonstration of how the Holy Spirit wants to reach us, how the Father wants to speak to us and clear out the clutter, get free of these fears and anxieties and everything that the enemy is trying to put on us. We know that the enemy has no power. He has no authority. And yet I myself have had to recognize how much I have allowed things into my thinking. I've given him access. And this really was what happened was at the end of last year, because I had worn myself down physically, my physical immunity had been compromised. And thus some of these physical issues began. But see, when we're spirit, soul, mind, and body, when, we, when you compromise one, they're all affected. And I didn't know that even that compromised immunity physically would open a door in the spirit to affect me in other ways. And so I'm just going to share my testimony, and then a lot of these things, I'm trusting that the Spirit of God is going, going to speak to you in the way that you need to hear it and apply it. We're not going to get to the whole outline. I'll tell you that from the beginning. <laughs> it was a little ambitious midweek because the Lord's been very specific of how he wants this directed towards the end. So just bear with me. But it was around the end of January that I, I began to hear this little kind of cr cricket sound. And we live out in the country, and when I go to sleep at night, and I'd hear it, and i think, oh, I'm hearing the crickets outside. But then I, I finally realized it was there all the time. It kept getting kind of louder and louder to the point where it was becoming a real distraction, and it was very concerning. And to the point where that's why I made the announcement at the end of March, I had to take a break because I really couldn't function. As soon as I announced that, it seemed like all hell broke loose. <laughs> and it was actually soon after that Bobby went on a trip to Germany, and it was during his absence that I was awoken once in the middle of the night with a decibel seven scream in my ear that absolutely terrified me. I didn't know where it came from. I, went, I had to go out to the living room. I put on praise and worship music, and I prayed in tongues. I did everything I knew how. Nothing happened. That was the beginning of weeks of real torment of this thing coming and me asking the Lord, why don't these tools and methods that we've all known about, they're not working. I'm not getting relief. And so obviously I knew the enemy was involved, but I knew, okay, the Lord had already been clear. Wanda, you've compromised your physical, you, you've got to get healthy. And so I began to just look at natural things, and I realized that I hadn't been paying attention to my body. I had some sinus issues that had never been dealt with. I had allergies that I never wanted to acknowledge because I don't have that. While I was really living in denial, and I wasn't treating some of these things. I had to change some of my diet. I had to change some of the things. And so we're talking survival for weeks and looking for natural protocols. The Lord led me to some things that were very helpful that helped lessen the ring. I helped you know, understand what was going on physically 
that were good and it was right. But yet it didn't deal with them all. And so we were walking through these things, praying the whole time, you know, for wisdom and, and me just saying, Lord, help me to understand what you're doing. But it was about three or four weeks into this that we began to realize there was a consistent pattern that this ring would get louder before night. Always before I went to sleep, it would get louder and it would often hit in the middle of the night. That's when we realized, okay, we, we need to look at this thing different. This is, this is a demonic attack. And that began then a series of revelations. Because, of course, as an intercessor, I'm thinking, okay, well, I have authority in Christ. The blood surrounds me. We know all the scriptures. We know who we are. This should not be happening. But yet, as an intercessor, I knew if that is happening, that means that the, the enemy is claiming some legal right, a claim to be a squatter in my head. So thus, I had to say, Lord, how have I given him access? That's what he began to show me. Mindsets, attitudes. I, I went through uh, many times, many nights of, of just getting delivered. Because we would be woken up in the middle of the night and, and I would ask, okay, and the, see, the Lord began to name them. The first one was hopelessness that I got delivered from. There was, there was fear, there was self-control, there was shame, there was a, just a whole list of things that I had let built up because I wasn't paying attention to the subtle voice of the Holy Spirit that was wanting me to draw away to deal with things, but see, I was too busy doing ministry. And the wonderful thing is that when the Lord would begin to show those specific things, we would appropriately pray, take authority, and it would break. And thank God that less decibel seven began to go down. Every time I would get free from one of those demonic spirits, it would go down. It would get less and less and less. So we knew these are tormenting spirits. And, and I knew even at this point that what I was experiencing, it was just a taste of what many are experiencing because our enemy is out to torment us. It doesn't have to be a ring in your ear. It can be anything. Because all the enemy can do is to cause fear. He wants to torment us so much that we can't hear the Father. We can't get in that place to be who he created us to be. And this is where the battle is. And allowing the Holy Spirit to come and to show us, Lord, how have I given him access? I want, I want to get rid of that. I want to get free so I can think like you. I can be a vessel. You know, this is a, this is a temple of the Holy Spirit. He wants to dwell inside of us. And this is the beauty of what we're going to find, is that he's looking to, to build a place for him to dwell, his presence. This is where he's, he wants to lead us to. Because his presence and his glory, it will annihilate his enemies, our enemies. So thankfully, through the prayers of repentance and renunciation, we saw fruit and I was getting free of that major ring that was just debilitating that I could actually begin to function again. But yet there was still this, you know, low, low level thing. And bottom line is the Lord led, led me to a particular protocol. And I'm, I'm not going to tell you what it is because that's another story. But it was a particular protocol that uh, I learned about that was very new, carried some risks. But there had seemed to be some evidence that it, it could help this tinnitus. And so I thought, I'd maybe start very low dosage. We talked about it. We prayed. We felt like, okay, you know, it's very unconventional. 
but we felt like the Lord had been consistently showing us. So on a Friday morning, I went ahead and took the first dose. I was going to take one in the morning, one in the evening. And um, so I did that morning and night. And the whole time I'm thinking, I hope this is okay. You know? Well, that night, get hit with a major spiritual attack. And fear gripped me. And all of a sudden, I'm having all these racing thoughts. I don't know, what did I do wrong? Did, did, maybe we missed it. Maybe God wasn't, maybe this is, you know, this medicine that's actually doing something wrong. All this kind of stuff. And so we got together, we prayed, Lord, what's going on? And bottom line, we just really discerned, you know what? God led us to this place. God does not lead you into a trap. And it's interesting that it comes after I say, Lord, we're going to trust you. We just determined, I think this is the enemy. So what we did that Saturday morning is we, we just presented this to the Lord, and, and we knew, I knew, because the Lord had said, it's not the pro protocol. It was an agent of faith. Ultimately, we knew, God, you're the healer. You know, you turned water into wine. You can do anything. We are coming by faith and just trusting you are the one that's going to heal, and this is simply a way that we can do it. So we prayed over it and asked him just to bless it. And I, I went on to my work in the kitchen. Bobby was out in the garage. Five minutes later, I get hit by the Holy Spirit. He takes me to the ground, and the manifest presence just comes on me. I begin to laugh. And he begins to download revelation to me of how much he's right here and he's responding to my faith. And the picture that I had this whole time was, you know, of Peter, you know, in the waves, Jesus is telling him, come on, you know, get out of the boat, walk on water. And yet Peter's just seeing these waves and the storm and everything because that's exactly how I felt. I felt like I was drowning in a storm. And of course, Jesus is saying, you know, look at me. But when I was on the ground under the power of the Lord, all of a sudden my eyes were open to see the myriads of angels around, and they were howling in laughter. Giving me hope, this is nothing. Don't pay attention. That built my faith, <laughs> needless to say. So I got up and went on my day. I took another dose at night. That Sunday I took a dose in the morning, a dose at night. Well, this was such a small dosage, I knew that I, I needed to work my way up to the actual dosage that had been recommended. So I decided on that Monday, and I talked to Bobby, I, I feel like I need to double it. Again, there's, there's some risk in here, because I don't know. If, if, if you would Google this, uh, uh, Google will tell you, you know, it's going to be very dangerous and list all the side effects. So I'm like, okay, Google God. Hmm. <laughs> so, again, we just come by faith. God, I know you're, this is, this is a journey of faith in you, trusting you, because I don't understand. You know, I, I had already done weeks of protocols and other things that had little effect, but they weren't doing a lot. So again, we present it to the Lord. Five minutes later, I'm hit to the ground by the Spirit. Manifest presence comes on. Same thing, just a lifting up of my heart, feeling a joy, the weight of his power, he talks to me. I mean, and this lingers for at least 45 minutes to an hour. And so I get up and I'm like, <laughs> I mean, the goodness of God to, to be so affirming. Because we, we had asked, you know, for, for confirmation. 
I mean, the first time that I was taken down, it, it was not quiet, and Bobby came in from the garage like, are, are you okay? Because, I mean, this was so totally unexpected. So, of course, that morning, I, I took a double dose. I was going to take a, another one that night, so I, I did it at night, and within five minutes, the Holy Spirit came on me and took me out another hour. So the next morning, I get up. The whole time, this, this ring is still going on. The next morning I get up, I, I take the dose. Within five minutes, I am out. This continues every time I take a dose of this. Morning and night. I do this for three days, morning and night. Well, finally, I, I know that I, I need to do the, the dosage that was recommended, which is four times a day. And I'm still thinking, God, this is, this is more than a, a... Can my system handle this? But, I mean, you seem to be in this. It's... You're doing something here. So I go ahead and I start the four doses and every time his Holy Spirit comes. And you know, there's a point in time where it's like I was getting now addicted to his presence. This thing was like, finally dawns on me, this is what you wanted to show me. Why have I not been able to hear you? It's because I haven't been paying attention. I haven't been getting in your presence. And the encounters that I've had, they just took me to places I've never been. Seeing aspects of his nature and his character. I've known him as a God of power and authority. But a God of beauty, a God of goodness. Oh, once his goodness came into the room, I, I couldn't breathe. His goodness precedes his glory. It became clear to me what God's ultimate goal in, and it was not to get healing from tinnitus. So as I began to recognize what he was doing and just coming and making himself real to me, building up my faith again, revelation on revelation of, of how I got to this point and how to get out, renewing my mind, helping me to get in touch again with how to hear him, how to know him. Well, the dosages that I was taking, actually, the final recommendation, there's a long story in that, it was totally God. It was actually a different form that was time release. You just take it once. Oh, I'm thinking, this has been four times a day. I could count on it. I mean, like clockwork. I would take it, and he would be there. And like a good teacher saying, it's okay, but what are we learning? I'm there. You've been listening. It's not going to stop, but it is up to you. So that's what I did the next morning. I, I woke up. This was actually last Sunday. This is how fresh it is. Before I even took the dose. <laughs> you got to understand how much the Father wants to come and meet us. It's not a lack of him wanting to come. The problem is there's too much clutter in the way. 
There's too much stuff in the way. This is, this is his process of what he's come to clear out. I've taught on this for years. <laughs> but see, we, we, we go from glory to glory. So it's not like those things didn't work, they didn't have effect. He's saying, we're going to go upgrade. And so this is very interesting as a side note. We are currently going under a kitchen renovation right now. And I said, Lord, this is going to be a prophetic picture of what you're doing in my life, isn't it? He said, yep. Well, first of all, it was delayed six weeks. We just started last week. Demolition day. Gutted the whole thing. Tore down walls. Took everything old out. Making room for new. The second day was windows. I thought, that's vision. Like, I need new vision because we've got new windows. And then our contractor came in and, and he said, Wanda, just to let you know, these are not replacement windows. They're made of entirely new construction. And I know there's more to come because it, we're just getting in the drywall now this next week. So to be continued. But this is a transformation process, a transfigure. You know, when it says in Romans 12, this is one of the scriptures brought. I will get to my outline. Is it says, present your bodies as a living sacrifice. This is your acceptable act of worship. I've been prophesied over for months. Wanda, there's something about worship, what God wants to do in your worship. Well, I was thinking putting on praise music, and it just didn't really bear witness. That, that verse finally made sense. Present my body. Surrender to the Lord. And it says, the renewing of your mind. Transform. Did you know that word transform is the same word that is used on the Mount of Transfiguration? To be transformed is to be transfigured. You know he was covered in lightning? This is who we're supposed to be, transformed, transfigured, filled with the presence and glory of God. I'm still on my journey. Tormenting spirits are beneath my feet. There's still a little ring there. It's become my teacher. Because the Lord uses everything. This has become about knowing his voice and knowing his presence. And so what I wanted to share with you in the outline very briefly is just some of the practical things that the Lord taught me through this process of how to re-engage with him. Because he wants to come in the fullness of his presence, his glory. But it's, it's not just a matter of praying for it. We have to be prepared to be carriers. This is what I know because God's know this has been the desire of my heart. God, I want to be a carrier of your glory. I just didn't know what it would cost me. There is a cost. You got to die. The things that I'm experiencing now, I mean, I was joking with the Lord last week. I was so discouraged by, by the end of last year. Some of these experiences and such that I thought, I'm never going to, I'm going to have to die and go to heaven before I experience those. He said, what did you just say? I got to die. 
to self. The old Wanda had to die. I want to hear his voice. I want to know his presence. Because he's got glory coming for each of us. So these five points that I'm just going to share briefly came actually from another a YouTube video the Lord led me to. They're not original, uh, the points, although some of the illustrations are mine, but David Deger Hernandez. I want to give credit where credit is due. I'd never heard of him before, but he was teaching on this if you want to go check out the whole thing. But he was talking about the differences between God's voice and my voice. And some of these principles have been life-changing and very important as I've continued to walk through this process of recognizing when it's God, when it's the devil, and when it's just me. And this is what we need to focus on, is our own fleshly thoughts that get in the way. Actually, a turnaround happened for me in, in, in the battle when I realized I was magnifying the mountain much more than I was magnifying the Lord. And I will say, especially for prophetic intercessors, this is something you have to be cautious about because in our zeal to be spiritual warriors, we pay far more attention to rebuking a mountain and exposing the devil than we do lifting up Jesus. The enemy loves the negative press. He loves any attention he can get. And that's why even in, in sharing my story, I've, I have to be very careful of how I say it because I don't want to give the enemy any attention. You make room for God, he'll deal with it. So, very first thing that I learned is that God's voice is stable and consistent. My voice, our voice, will constantly change. Depending upon our mood, depending upon our circumstances, what happens, what someone says to us, or some impulsive thought that comes along, it's always changing. But God's word is consistent and stable. And this is something when we made some decisions and even determining, you know, when these attacks would come, okay, what, how do we respond this time? We're far too presumptuous in just assuming that every time a demonic attack comes, we got to yell to the mountain. Maybe not. Sometimes it's peace. Be still. So we had to ask God, what have you been consistently saying? That's what we're going to go with. Because this changing thought, you know, it's, it's, it's a thought. Isaiah 48, the grass withers, the flower fades, but the word of our God will stand forever. This is why you need to get the word of God in you, both the written word and the rhema word. Write them down. I can't tell you how many times I've, I went back to my journal and I would revisit what God has spoken to me. Sometimes from eight years ago, that when I read it, I realized it was about now. What has God been speaking consistently? Because he knows what you're headed into. He doesn't change so quickly. So what has he already spoken? And stick with it. That's very key. The second thing is that God's voice will guide, but my voice is going to push. You know, God's not in a hurry. And that's very frustrating. When you're in the middle of something that especially is painful or frustrating, but God's not in a hurry because the uh, bad news and good news. The bad news is God's goal is not to fix your problem. 
That's not his goal. The good news is he wants to reach your heart. And he'll use the problem to get to it. Psalm 23 has become very significant to me. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. See, this whole time it's like, let go, Wanda. <laughs> he leads me beside still waters and restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness. See, what happens is that our voice, we get desperate. We get desperate, and we, if we can just do this now, it'll be better. Or if you think you've got the answer, then we've got to do it now. We want to alleviate pain. We don't want to have to take time. We don't want to have to deal with the discomfort of things, and we push. We can even push God's directives. You get an inclination of, I think God says to do this, and yeah, it's a good thing. We've got to do it. Oh, it can get in the way. And it can open our door. God's voice will, will lead us. He's guiding us. And it will be consistent. This is why even prophetically, if you get something, that's why it needs to be confirmed. You counsel with others. Is this the Lord and is this the time? It could be the Lord, but maybe it's not the right time. But he wants to lead us. And so we have to check wait a minute, why am I feeling like I've got to do this now? Is it because there's some fear in your own heart? Afraid if you don't do something, something worse is going to happen. Or you don't want to deal with, with the consequences. Well, that's another issue then. That's your fear. It's not God speaking. It's finding this place, and this is, this is what I'm learning through this whole thing. It's finding that place of peace. The God of peace will soon crush Satan under your feet. I believe that this is what, what God is intending. Because he's told me, even as I continue to walk through this, Wanda, this is a displacement process. This is not just a casting out, a rebuking. I mean, and I've taught this for years, so I understand this. It is a displacement where we get so filled with the enemy, get so filled with God, the enemy gets squeezed out. Because I've even found in the last two weeks, when I go and in, get into these places, the deep presence of the Lord, you know those rings start coming out even louder. And, and I was struggling with this until the Lord said, don't you see, Wanda? It's a trap for him. They're getting squeezed out. The weight of God's presence will get to the point. It will crush the enemy. The enemy can't stand. All right, number three. God's voice will always align with his word. My voice will question it or contradict it. This was something very interesting that I began to see a pattern because as we sought the Lord, and as I was just continually asking, Lord, what are you doing? Teach me again. And, and this whole time, he is giving me I mean, major upgrades in terms of life lessons and how I've been doing things and how his ways are far higher than mine, and he has some replacement things. And so he's teaching me this. And so I'm, my heart is postured here to hear his voice. So the enemy still comes, throws something at me. 
and I'm paying attention, and I've found that the first thing that comes to mind is God's word. It's like the first, yes, that's God, okay. But then immediately after that sneaks in this other little thought, of, but what if not? What, what, what if this is what happened? What, what if you did this wrong? What if you let the enemy in through this way? Oh, no. Now, unfortunately, I have to confess, that has happened for me far too often. What happened in the garden? The Lord told Adam and Eve. He gave them the word. Satan came in right afterwards. Did he really say this? I'm finding that this is a pattern. If your heart is to seek the Lord in his word, pay attention to that first thought that comes when something hits. Now, I'm not saying it's always going to be him because it depends upon what you've been feeding yourself. But if you've been feeding on the word, oftentimes that first impression will be his heart in a whisper. No, this is what it is. But just pay attention to the following thoughts. The what ifs. And then your mind goes to work of all the reasons why maybe it's not God. You know, we think we're so smart. We're just thinking critically. You know, we're looking at all the options and wanting to, you know, make sure that we've got all the bases covered. We don't want to do anything wrong. It's leaning on your own understanding. And let me just tell you that when, when you're in a situation that seems dire and desperate, I mean, I want to hear God's voice and I want to respond to his word, not lean on my own understanding. Now, I'm just going to reference here the four points that are at the bottom of the outline very quickly because I know I'm not going to have time to, to teach on all of them, but this is what they are in a nutshell. Because this has to do with if you want to establish truth, the word of God, Okay, because we're, we're talking all about this in the context of I want to have the mind of Christ and think like God. The foundation is the word of God. The word of God has to be the basis. You've got to get the word of God in you. You know that it's in you. When you come into a situation, you don't know what to do, and the first thing that comes to your mind is a verse, is a scripture, is the word of God. That's when you know you've really planted it in you. It needs to be daily, your daily bread. You know his written word. And then it is from that place of knowing his written word that then wisdom comes. And wisdom then speaks of how to take that word and begin to practice it. And you learn the word of God and you put it to work in your life and then you begin to see the fruit of his word, the blessings of his word. It builds that confidence, that wisdom of God of how to walk in his word. And then you do that and then you begin to hear the whispers of God. Because now it's about relationship. You've established this place, this consistent diet of feeding on his word. And then he begins to speak to you very personally. And it's this adventure of, of hearing these thoughts and sharing his heart about situations and relationships that become a daily adventure of these whispers. And then that positions you to experience the wonders of God. Because, see, you've got a proper foundation of the Word of God. You've put it to practice. You've got the wisdom. You've got the relationship now where you know His voice. You know Him. Now you can properly steward His wonders. What I have been experiencing, all I can say it is it has been a sign and an absolute wonder. I can't explain it any other way. 
But see, if you, if you just take the wonders and you try to build faith on that, you're going to fall. On just encounters, heavenly experiences, they're wonderful. But if you don't have the word of God and some wisdom there, it's going to go off. Even the same thing with whispers. As wonderful as that is, you know, a living relationship, hearing God's whispers, if you don't have the foundation, you will not stand. So this is the order for establishing this truth of aligning with his word. And it's a journey. It's an adventure. So much of these encounters that I've had is just revealing, ongoing about his nature and his character, who he really is. Because remember, when we're talking about faith, it is not faith in a solution. It is faith in a person. And you can only get that when you spend time with him. Unless you think you know him. <laughs> There's so many different aspects to him that I'm just, yeah, I feel like I'm just starting an adventure of discovery. And it'll be eternity before you ever get to the end. To know God. It's incredible. The fourth point is God's voice. There will never be any fear. When God speaks, there will be no fear attached to it. But now your voice, anxious thoughts. It's those little foxes that spoil the vine. It's those little what-ifs. It's those, those voices that speak. And they get you to lean on your own understanding. This is, some, this is probably the biggest battle that I've had in my journey, is these anxious thoughts. And, and I've realized one of the gifts that I have is, is also detrimental because I'm a very resourceful person. I can figure things out. I like creating road maps and I like teaching, you know, of how, how you get from point A to point B. But I've discovered you can't do that all the time with God. And it was just this last week, again, where, I mean, I had a major attack again at the end this week. I mean, because, yeah, you know, you get free and the enemy will do everything he can to try to pull you back. And I was like, God, I need a revelation. I need a fresh word here. Because they were familiar spirits. They were very familiar thoughts. And it had to do with this me trying to figure out how God was going to accomplish this. God, when is this going to end, you know, that I can claim complete, total healing and restoration? And he reminded me of this scripture, you know, Jesus, for the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame. See, his eyes were fixed on the prize. They weren't fixed on the road or the course or the schedule, just on the prize. And I realized that's what gets us through. That's what gets us through the fires and the waters the pains, the suffering, is that you fix your eyes on the prize, which is his word, his promises. Again, that you hopefully have recorded, that you know this is his goal. And let me just tell you, it talks about perfected faith. Jesus, though he was a son, he learned obedience through suffering. Now, I'm not talking about, I believe that God wants us absolutely healed and well. I believe in that. 
But there is pain, there is discomfort, there is suffering. And it's God. Our theology right now does not make room for that in the charismatic church. We really have believed that if we just name it and claim it, decree it and declare it, we should be free of pain and suffering. I'm here to tell you that's not true. What there actually is is there's a glory that's greater. See, this is why it says, in the midst of your enemy, I will prepare a table before you in the midst of your enemies. It's right when you're in that fight. He's provided a feast. There is a goodness and a glory that surpasses what the enemy's trying to fling at you. Now, to me, that's victory. This is what God wants to shine forth within so many of us. Because there were some nights where, it, I mean, I had to, I had to sleep in a separate room in order to turn on soaking music and a noise machine loud enough to try to mask this sound to get any kind of sleep. And I would be asking God, where, where, how, where are you? And he just kept saying, Wanda, there, there's greater grace. Keep your eyes fixed on me. There's greater grace I'm bringing you through. And there was. Every time. Okay, i got to speed up here. Last one. God's voice always affirms my identity in him. My voice always questions it. What does it really mean to be in Christ and Christ in us? I've had a whole new picture of that. You know, I've kind of pictured him, me walking with him. Yay. No, now I'm... I'm inside Christ. The picture I see is him, but I'm inside him. So I, I don't even see myself anymore. I see him. And as these things come up, okay, Jesus, how do we respond? How do you respond? I see his hands. I see his feet. I'm listening to what he's saying because that's who I am. I'm in him and he's in me. At least that's what it should be. I mean, this, this, is, this is huge. Because then you, that's the starting point for then even knowing what he's called you to do and your assignment and your mission. He want, the enemy wants to rob you of this. He wants to convince you you have no authority. You, you have nothing. Somewhere in the middle of, the, of this process, I was really at the point I was going to walk away from everything. I told Bobby, I, I am not a prophet. I can't hear God. I'm, I'm done. And I would have been very happy to do that. That's how far I had let my own anxious thoughts and the enemy influence me. On one of our walks, I had even told Bobby, and I didn't realize it until I had said it. You know, because processing every night, you know, what's, what's the latest of what God's doing? And, and I said at one point, you know, I guess the only way that we really know the authority that we have is when we have to use it. See, God knows what he put within you and I. But we don't know it. And in his love and in his goodness, he knows probably the only way you're going to understand what's really inside you is when you're pressed, that you've got to pull it out. That's what he's been doing with me. 
He has put that within each one of us. I mean, we talk about the power that raised Jesus from the dead is within you. Okay, we got to take that beyond words. That's a nice quote. What does it look like to live that in a very personal and strategic way? And that you know that, and it's not haughty, but it's, oh, I am in Christ, and Christ is in me, because you've walked with him. Galatians 2.20, I've been crucified with Christ. It's no longer I that I live, but Christ who lives in me. So I, I really want to minister, you know, as we close this out, to these anxious thoughts that I think assail so many. As I said, God wants to speak to us. He is speaking to us. The question isn't, is he speaking? We've got to silence all the other voices. Because he usually speaks in whispers. So that means you've got to silence your own anxious thoughts. You have to first recognize them. Take them captive. Silence those thoughts. Resist the enemy's lies and turn off the world's chatter. The enemy wants us to get caught up in second heaven chatter. We've got to turn it off. There's a place for fasting, social media fasting. All this. I'm not saying that there's not times to go on to learn things. Yes. But there is a pull. And it puts us in this frequency. That's not God's. This is what we've got to get a hold of. So I'm, I feel like the Lord just wants to minister specifically to those of you who are ready to renew your mind. You want to get free of anxious thoughts. And I'm going to have you stand. But before you stand, you need to be aware of what you're standing for. This is not just going to be a prayer, hallelujah, I'm, going to get, I'm free of anxious thoughts. What you're actually saying is, Lord, I'm ready to renew my mind. And you're going to have to practice. Pay attention to what he's saying. Learn these principles. Put them into action. And allow the Holy Spirit to come and displace those anxieties and fears with him. So if you're ready to do that, I invite you to stand. And those who are watching online, you can certainly stand where you're at too. And I want to pray for you to get rid of these anxious thoughts and leaning on your own understanding to really be filled with the presence of God and to walk in the mind of Christ. Hallelujah. Well, Father, we just thank you for your presence. Holy Spirit, we thank you that you've been speaking and moving and imparting to each one that's listening, God, what you have for them. And as these who are standing and, and responding to this invitation from you, Lord, I just, I'm going to encourage all of you just to repeat after me, okay? Dear Father, I come to you now to confess my anxious thoughts. I acknowledge I've been leaning to my own understanding. I don't want to do that anymore. Holy Spirit, come and alert me to the source of my thoughts that I can cast away vain imaginations fleshly thinking and anxious thoughts teach me your word give me a hunger for your word
that I can renew my mind and think like you. I want to grow in my faith and be secure in you. So I look forward to the adventure of transformation. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, Father, I just want to pray. Lord, just a grace, the same grace that you have given me. Lord, you have called us. 